Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we're continuing our discussion of the hope to which God has called us. And for the past few weeks, as part of this discussion, we've been focusing on the fear and the anxiety that many people are experiencing over the turmoil in our country, political, social uh, turmoil that is going on in our own country and even in the world. And we're making the point that we have hope because we're part of something that's bigger than this moment in history. We're part of God's overall plan and purpose. The key to dealing with fear and anxiety is learning how to look at things in terms of the big picture. It's not what you see, it's how you see what you see. Now let me once again restate the big picture. I've probably said this every day that we've been on this series. I don't apologize for repeating it. I've learned just through experience, uh, you, you often have to say things five, six, eight, ten times before people really hear what you're saying. This is the big picture. The Lord created human beings to become his sons and daughters through faith in Christ, and he made the earth to be home for his family. Both the earth and the family home have been damaged by sin. But God devised a plan called redemption to undo the damage and carry out his plan. That's what redemption's all about, the restoration of God's original plan to have a family of holy, righteous sons and daughters with whom he can live on this earth, this earth made new, restored forever. Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago to pay the price for sin so it can be removed from those who believe on him and they can be transformed from sinners into holy, righteous sons. Jesus is going to come again in the not-too-distant future to cleanse the family home of all corruption and death and restore it to a fit forever home for himself and his family. Now, the Bible is very clear that there will be increasing chaos in this world as Jesus's return nears. And we're seeing that. But it is equally clear that God will provide for his people in the midst of the chaos. We said last week, fear arises when we believe that what's coming against us is bigger than the power and the resources available to us. But For a Christian, nothing can come against you that's bigger than God. When that becomes real to you, when it's more than just an emotional statement, when it's more than just a cliche, when it's more than something you're on board with in Sunday church when everything's going well, when that becomes real to you in the face of life's troubles, your days of living in fear are over. Nothing can come against you that's bigger than God. It's very easy to get focused on what is happening in the moment and lose sight of the big picture. You can't turn on the TV 
or, or go to the internet and check news sites without hearing people screaming literally about what's wrong with the other political party, about how horrible their leaders are and how their policies are going to bring the end of society as we know it. You need to realize that since the beginning of time, since Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden and all the trouble started, you need to realize that since that time, millions have lived through political, social, and economic turmoil. A lot of it, a lot worse than what we're seeing right now. Although I do believe what we're seeing is going to get worse than a lot of what's happened in the past. But that's a whole can of worms for another day. Political, social, and economic turmoil is part of life in a fallen world. Life in a sin-cursed earth. But none of it is bigger than God. Now, we've said that one of the reasons there's so much anxiety over what's going on um, in our government is the widespread... You, you've got people that are thrilled with the people in power, and you've got people who believe that the people in power, if they enact their programs, it's going to be the end of society as we know it. The economy will collapse, there'll be no jobs, money will become worthless, so on and so forth. And, and, and both people on, on, the people on each side feel it passionately about their point of view. And I've said this all along, uh, it, this turmoil is leading to conflict amongst amongst Christians, and that ought not be. That ought not be. We need to learn how to agree to disagree about these temporal, non-moral issues. Um, politics and who's in charge, those all fall into temporal issues. Temporal means temporary. Nobody in heaven today is upset because their candidate lost the election. Nobody in heaven today is upset because the other guy won the election. You need to keep things in perspective. I'm not saying there aren't real issues. I'm not saying there aren't real problems stemming from the issues. I'm saying you need to know how to look at it in terms of the big picture so you can have hope in the midst of the trouble. That's what we're going to focus on this week, the reason we have hope. No matter what's going on around us, we have hope. We have reason to confidently expect coming good. See, Jesus assured his followers. You're familiar with this chapter. Let me back up a bit. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. You may not know the address, but you're familiar with it. That's where Jesus told his followers, don't worry. Take no thought for tomorrow, what you will eat or what you will wear. He told him not to worry about where the necessities of life will come from, food, clothing, shelter, the things we all must have. And he went on to say, look at the birds. They eat. Look at the flowers. They're dressed. They eat and they're dressed because our Heavenly Father takes care of them, and you matter to him more than a bird or a flower. So if he takes care of them, how much more is he going to take care of you? You remember that. Then he summed up his words with this statement. This is verse 33. Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, 
and you'll have what you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you'll have what you need to live this life. If you do that, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Now, there's many aspects to Jesus' statement, which are lessons for other days, but I want you to notice one point. Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you'll have food, clothing, and shelter. You'll have the necessities of life. Well, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Am I telling you, you have to quit your job and sell all that you have and go be a missionary in India? Am I telling you, you have to give all your money away to the poor? Am I telling you, you have to pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week? What am I, what does that mean? Seek first the kingdom of God. To seek first God's kingdom means to keep your priorities right. Let me say that again. To seek first God's kingdom means to keep your priorities right. The most important thing is not who wins a political election. The most important thing is not who's the president of the United States. The most important thing is not which political party is in control of Congress. What's most important is that people come to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ so they can have a place in God's eternal plan. That's most important. The, see, that's what I mean by remembering the big picture and keeping your priorities straight. In every situation, the most important thing is that people come to saving knowledge of Jesus. Now, I realize statements like this can make people feel nervous or guilty or both. You know, maybe maybe the thought has run through your head, on top of everything else I have to do just to pay the bills and keep the household running, you're telling me I have to pass out tracts and be at church every time the door is open? I'm not saying that at all. Not at all. Not at all. We all live under the pressure of time, and we toil to make a living. Life is hard and pressure-filled for everybody. It's part of life in, in, in this fallen world, life in this sin-cursed earth. Uh after Adam's sin, God told him, I'm not going to read it, but Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 and 19, he said, because of what you've done, there's a curse in the earth now, and you're going to have to toil to, to provide yourself with a living, to provide yourself with the basics of life. And you're going to have to overcome obstacles like weeds and, and thistles and thorns, corruption. It's going to be rough now. But here's the deal. As you live life, there is much you can do without taking away from the things you have to do just to survive. You might say, well, I don't, I don't get it. Well, how about when you turn on the TV tonight or check your, uh, internet connections and go to a news website instead of cursing the politicians and the people with whom you disagree? What if you prayed for them? What if you asked God to bring laborers into their harvest field to share the gospel with them? In Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38, Jesus said, The fields, they're ripe, ready for harvest. Pray that the Lord of, Har uh, the, Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest field. What if you did that instead of cursing the people with whom you disagree, instead of 
hoping for their soon demise, what if you prayed for them to come to saving knowledge of Jesus? You can do that, you know, while you're folding the laundry, while you're driving to work, while you're mowing the grass. What if you ask God to use the events going on in our country and cause them to serve his eternal purposes and bring good out of bad? See, I'm not talking about changing anything in the way you live. I'm talking about changing the way you look at things and how you respond instead of arguing, instead of complaining, instead of cursing people with whom you disagree. What if, what if you started praying for people? Or what if you just didn't watch the TV so much? See, here's the big one. This is what we're going to focus on this week. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, Be ready to give people an answer for the reason you have hope. That's something you can do. More tomorrow. You have been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, Knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is one 739 66 19.